Major League Butt Kicking is back in town tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops. Take a trip with us back to feudal Japan as we tackle the legendarily bad Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Uh, welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops. I am the Thunderous Wizard. Along with me are a fellow chucker, Captain Cash. Hey, everybody. And the connoisseur of Cowabunga, Chumpzilla. Howdy, folks. We are going to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. It is not good at all. And somehow inexplicably not subtitled Turtles in Time, officially. That's a much better game than this is a movie. Fully recommend playing the Super Nintendo game over watching this movie. There's no circumstance where I would ever say choose this over that. And tonight we are drinking uh, Super 8 Super Ghosts. I chose this beer because on the can, a bunch of different fruits look like Ninja Turtles. Like actual fruits. There's like a raspberry. Maybe they're vegetables too because this guy looks like a pickle. But either way, they look like Ninja Turtles. Of I'm course. Pickle Turtle! Yeah. I will wait, post wait, is that. Is it uh, Veggie beer? It's like a bit of a sour, you know? Yeah. Veggie Tales. Uh, so Sorry. I will post that after the show on our Twitter, at Hops and B.O. Flops. Of course, you can find me, at WriterTLK, and Captain Cash, who also lives in this century. Where can they find you? I'm at, uh, at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social medias. Yeah. Yeah, and you can find me in your mom's basement. Thank you. <laughs> Chumzilla still has cable and dial-up, so <laughs> not on the interwebs. It's actually, he's, no, he's no, contributing via ham now. radio. I've got DSL now, thank you. Yeah. All right, so first off, fellas, as I just mentioned, this is a terrible movie. So our decent uh, little run of films that we actually enjoyed, or at least one of us actually enjoyed, is over. So I think we topped out at three episodes. It was a nice run, though. It was a good run. There were some good times in there. None of them were had in the hour and 28 minutes I watched this movie for free on YouTube. On the plus side, it was over quickly. Which is really a bad sign when you can find a movie of this caliber on YouTube for free and nobody's bothered to yank it down. Yeah, In HD, no less. No one cares. it, It probably looks better than the DVD version I was too lazy to pull out of my cabinet. It's got, you know, quarter of a million views. Yeah. <laughs> All thumbs down. All downloads. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so this one's man. particularly depressing for me because I was a big time Turtles kid. Uh, more so the toys and the movies and the cartoon because I wasn't aware there was a comic when I was a little kid. You know, But that cartoon was huge. I found it hard to believe that this was actually released in theaters. I don't know about you two, but everything about this reeked of cheap uh, cash grab. I remember seeing this as a child and disliking it. (laughs) 
And I was a huge Turtles fan, too. And I was thinking, I'll watch this again. Maybe, you know, there's something I can find in this to appreciate as an adult. And no, no, it is very cheaply made, which is amazing because it was more expensive than the first Turtles movie. By almost double. Yeah, which holds up very nicely. And yeah, the 89 Turtles film, that's you can still watch that. It's not, you know, it's, it's not great, but it's it's legitimately good. I mean, I have enough nostalgia for that that I bought that record with the custom art and I and the soundtrack of that film, like it's not mind-blowing or anything, but at least it exists. In this film, it's almost universally silent. Except for the couple times they use familiar sounds from the first two movies, there's the score is so muted, you can't even hear it, and thus you're relegated to listening to the shit run of jokes that just happened constantly. Also, there's a lot of fat shaming. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong, Mr. Wizard, about the uh, the stream of consciousness pop culture one-liner jokes that just don't land. It's like a really bad episode of Family Guy. It's just a bunch of non-sequitur stuff thrown in there, and none of it sticks. Well, that's the thing that's frustrating. It's not even jokes. It's just like, it just references. Oh, he, he said the, the catchphrase from Terminator. Ah, ah. Yeah, the, that I, thing I, I from that commercial. Okay. Yeah, that's not jokes. This is your two least funny friends sitting in the basement with you telling all the one-liners that don't make sense in the situation. So but basically so, us on this pod. Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah. Pod. it's this yeah. pod, the movie. Mr. Wizard, thanks. That hurts. <laughs> thanks, man. It's close to home. I was trying to get as meta as possible there. Uh, <laughs> so let's get into it. Release 1993. Uh this quite obviously third big screen Ninja Turtles movie. What tipped you off? <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Stuart Gilliard. A uh, lot of TV work to his credit. Not much else. So I didn't really explore, but lots of TV work. And which is, coincidentally, this feels like a TV show and not an actual movie. Uh, this was the death knell for the movie adaptations. Horribly reviewed. Sits at 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. Of course, there's only 31 reviews because it is a movie from 1993. Users hate it as well. 34% and 4.8 on IMDb. That seems high. Get it together, IMDb users. You should tank this. And uh, made very little money compared to its predecessors. Grossed just over $42 million, which was $35 million less than two, and almost $100 million less than number one. Uh, the cast, very few people have... Major note, but Elias Coteus returns as Casey Jones. Uh, Paige Turco is back as April O'Neil. And Feldman returns as Donatello. Oh, also Stort Wilson, the bad guy in Lethal Weapon 3. He's the bad guy whose name I don't remember. We'll just call him Fake D'Artagnan. Walker. Walker. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And that's the only other movie I've ever seen Stort Wilson in is Lethal Weapon 3. He's better in that than in this. Although he didn't have much to work with here. I mean, it's a low cl- bar to clear to be better than this. Honestly, I mean, yeah. I could watch him like stuff his face at an all-you-can-eat buffet and be like, "Oh, he was really good there," and it'd be better than this. He really gave it hell yeah. for Boy, that twenty minutes of screen time. That guy had. loves crab oh. legs. Good lord! <laughs> so, according to uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 
the plot is this third film in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series finds the half-shelled ninjas traveling back in time to 17th century Japan in order to save April O'Neil. Once there, they also use their skills to help a rebel army battle an evil leader. I mean, that is the gist of the plot. We really don't have to break down the plot of this film. We can just make fun of it for the next 25 minutes. I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, but how would you describe this film in one sentence? We'll start with Chumpzilla. Yeah, um, it's really hard to describe this movie because it is really that bad. It just seems to be meandering and pointless. Um, I'll just throw this out there because I really got nothing. It's like somebody watched, uh, you know, Army of Darkness, and it was like, yeah, that's what I want to do, but with Ninja Turtles, and then fucked it up. And play it dead serious. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, well, there's a lot of slapstick in this movie, and you get some of those same elements you got from Evil Dead, but like, whatever combination of that kind of gothic tone with the slapstick, it just didn't work. So like I said, they saw Evil Dead, they're like, let's do Evil Dead, or excuse me, let's do Army of Darkness with the Ninja Turtles, but then they fucked it up. Now I'm terrified because I feel like Army of Darkness came out after 93, and now it's got me, like, did Sam Raimi see this and was like, hold on, I've got it on my shelf. Same year! Oh, wait, no. Looks like uh, 92. Oh my god, no, no, release date Release date was uh, February 1993 on Army of Darkness. So these would have been contemporary concurrent. I guess 93 was just a time where you're like, you know what we're going to do? Send our heroes to the past. You know what they say in Hollywood, there's always scripts floating around. And inevitably somebody sees a script and then they poach that idea. And they say, okay, but let's just put this in it. So I'm sticking with that. I'm sticking with that right there. That's what happened here. That's my theory. So, Captain Cash, how would you describe this movie in one sentence? Inexplicably not subtitled Turtles in Time. That's fair. I would say four men in rubber suits attend a Japanese uh, festival dressed as turtles and not actual samurai. In what what is most certainly not Japan. Wait, can I can I do mine again? Yes. The dickheads at the Ren Fair who decided to treat it as a comic book convention. Yes. The movie. And scene. Wasn't this filmed in North Carolina? You know, I will say this. The on-scene locations, sweeping vistas, it's very pretty. Like, I understand where some of that money went. I get it. But Jesus Christ, the creature effects, and we have to talk about this. Oh, yes, that is a topic of conversation, for sure. But, but let's be clear here. I, I hate to say it, but one of the biggest sins in this movie is the fact that the only creature effects are the turtles. Splinter for like half a minute. Okay, they had a puppet. That was a puppet on a stick. That's not even yeah, the effect. Right. That was horrible. You, you do notice he's always filmed behind something. Yeah, and his arms barely move. The animatronics are poor. No, seriously, that's the biggest disappointment as a child seeing this movie. It was all just the turtles and humans. There were so many characters and toys that could have been in this movie because you've already gotten Shredder. You got the knockoff uh, Bebop and Rocksteady. Because there was issues there, whatever. So where's where's Krang? 
where's Baxter Stockman? Uh, you know, this movie left me at a loss. Like I said, I remember seeing this as a kid and being disappointed because I'm like, there's so much stuff I wanted to see on the big screen. I got Shredder already. I got the two bad guys. And then this comes out and it's just like a soap opera. It's like a bad episode of Xena, you know? It it really is. Which takes it back to Army of Darkness with Sam Raimi. It, it anyway. really does yeah. feel like a TV show. And, you know, the whole plot hinges on them going back in time. And one of the things I found to be so offensively stupid was the scroll with the turtles on it, which then indicated we're stuck in a time loop, and this has happened more than once, which then makes this movie the fucking devil. <laughs> I, it, so we should say that in before the movie starts proper, the, uh, the son of the evil warlord, who is painfully Oda Nobunaga, but they choose not to call him that, finds a scroll that very clearly depicts the Ninja Turtles before the Turtles themselves have gone back in time. So either, at some future time, the Turtles go back even further in the past, or, I don't know. I don't know. It could have been a different set of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's true. A future set of Ninja Turtles. Whatever adventure that was, I want no part of it. No part of it. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, it couldn't possibly be worse than this one. I have a lot of questions about this movie. Uh, I'll start with something very simple. Who had the worst wig? Was it Lethal Weapon 3 bad guy, Walker, present Casey Jones, and I've also offered up some honorable mentions to past Casey Jones's beard and then the village elder's beard. Pass Casey Jones looked okay. I thought I thought that was Elias Coteus's real beard. Is that the same guy? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the whole point. <laughs> she calls him <laughs> Casey. Yeah, but like I thought they just looked the same. Is it really? The, I mean, I, I just no, kinda... it's definitely yeah. But, but but they're not the same guy. It's just the same actor, right? Yes, it's supposed to be no, one of his ancestors. No, it's not the same actor. Yeah. So I didn't get that though. I'm like, okay, is that supposed to mean something? Like, I, I get, the, is it a coincidence? Is it, was it important? Was it was. When I watched this. It was Elias Gateas was like, look, I'm gonna do your Turtles movie, but I need to be in it for more than just the bookends of when I'm in New York in the present day with the the other samurai. Yeah. So refresh my memory here. Does he wear the mask for a substantial part of the second movie? He's not in the second movie. Yeah, he's not even in. For the first one, I mean? Mm, Bits and pieces. I don't think so. Opening scene, and then when he comes to the uh, antique store. I think that's the two moments. Okay, because I figured in this one, he's like, dude, I'm not wearing the mask. I need my FaceTime. And like you said, Captain Cash, oh, yeah, and you got to get me in the feudal Japan parts. I can't. You got to get me on screen. I'm not coming back to do this without getting some screen time. So yeah. no mask, and then we get his ancestor, who I really enjoyed the part where they fall out of the, the, the poop chute, and everyone makes a bunch of noise and gets up and walks off, and then he's like two feet away and stands up and is like, hey, where'd everybody go? And just wanders off on his own. Like, made no sense. And the production quality of that whole scene, totally like a B-plot from Xena. Yeah. First of all, he jumps in, and it makes a splash noise immediately. And then everybody else jumps in and slides down the chute. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> we have to talk about the production quality when it comes to the creature effects. 
So in the first two movies, creature effects were provided by Jim Henson's Creature Shop. And there's a reason they hold up 40 years on, 30 years on, whatever it is. The creature effects in this were provided by who, Mr. Wizard? I don't even remember. It is you have notes on uh, that. All Effects Company, which sounds like a scam. Oh, my God. It really does. It's like when somebody calls you about a mortgage. It's like, we, we handle all mortgages. It's like, I'm sure you do. All Effects Company. They had worked on the previous films with Jim Henson's studio. Like, they had worked with those guys as, like, support staff. But, yeah, they weren't the A-team. <laughs> and it shows. They didn't learn a whole lot. <laughs> like, I just... The facial movement is so bad. And not just in in the poor dubbing, but, like, you can see that they're just much less complex characters. The eyes look like Chuck E. Cheese eyes. If you look, you can kind of see the various holes where the actors are looking out. And it's just, it is not good. Their faces are very Five Nights at Freddy's. Like, creepy as all hell. Their eyes are moving in weird directions. They have they have more teeth than like human children. These are these are turtles. More teeth than the Osmond family. And again, it's even more noticeable because they're the only character effects, except for the few shots of Splinter, which are terrible as well. But that's it. All the creature money would have gone in the turtles, and it doesn't show. Splinter yeah. is the drummer at a Chuck E. Cheese that was thrown in the dumpster, <laughs> and they just happened to stumble upon him. Like, oh, I guess we can put Splinter in the movie. Oh, we, we can definitely save a couple bucks here. Yeah. Oh, this will work. We'll just put him in this food truck. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, man. It's Roger um, Corman bad. It's, so- it's not even Roger Corman bad. At least the thing had, like had expressions in the eyebrows and stuff. Jesus. Yeah, but you have, now, now if you had to multiply the thing head by four, though, the, the quality starts to diminish. Yeah. That's a fair point. And I actually wrote in my notes, there is a moment that made me think of the Fantastic Four, and it's when uh, Walker falls off the cliff oh. <laughs> yeah. after past Casey Jones hits him with the flaming ball and it knocked, whatever that was. Yeah. And he's falling and watching it, and it, it looked like Doom falling in, in Corman's Fantastic Four. He just kind of disappears into the water. There's no real splash effect or anything. It just... Yeah. For the record, the whole appeal of this Walker guy who's sort of manipulating the daimyo is he's going to sell him guns. And I'm not sure if there's a gun ever fired in the movie. They're carrying some. But all they have to do is shoot the turtles. I feel like there's a gun implied when Walker first shows up because doesn't he shoot the bell? Yes, that's right. He does shoot the bell. So there is a gun fired. Are they taking we know, practice on the beach rock. at some point? I don't know. Yes. And he, yeah. fires, he, does, he does fire the cannon, yep. obviously. That's what I wanted to bring up because he fires the cannon on the beach and it blows up the first haystack human being and then the other three blow up in sequence. That's not how cannonballs work. I noted that in my notes. I thought that was a little odd. And and he fires the cannon at the end when I believe it's Donatello ducks into his shell. Yep, Leonardo, and it takes like a good half a minute for the animatronic head to get back out of the shell. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. So here's a bad. here's an alternate reality we may want to consider because in Lethal Weapon three, his character sells armor-piercing bullets. They too, like Casey Jones and Bearded 
fake beard Casey Jones are probably, in fact, related. They're both arms dealers, both bad guys. I'm just saying. Are you trying to tell me that the Ninja Turtles exist in, in the same universe as Lethal Weapon? There's literally a scene we could get with Danny Glover and Splinter in the food truck where they look at each other and both say, I'm too old for this shit. (laughs) I'd like to see Casey Jones and Murtaugh hang out. I'm in for that. Let's get it going. Oh, you white people are crazy. Between you and Riggs. That would have been a better movie than this. Hands down. Honestly, any fan fiction version of this would be better than what we got. This movie's a travesty. And, you know, we say it costs more, and you're like, oh, well, it came out later. These movies came out, like, within three years of each other. It's not like inflation was, like, a big thing from 1990 to 1993. This inexplicably cost double what the first movie cost, and none of it can be seen on screen, except for the horse play. There's a lot of horses, which is not cheap. That's about it. I will say this. The uh, diminishing box office returns started with the second movie. That's true. The first movie pulled in over $200 million, The second, just over 78 And this one, 42 So it was, it's not like the second movie killed it. Because usually, you know, the sequel comes out and a lot of times does better than the first movie. Now, it usually costs a lot more, which it did. It almost doubled the budget. But it didn't, it didn't even produce half the box office returns. And this movie just kind of continued the trend. So I st- I'm just I saying by, it was going the wrong direction from, from the get-go. I feel like the Ninja Turtles movie, the first one, was a lot more mature than if you were a Turtles fan at the time, right? Yeah. So like when you're a kid and you watch the Ninja Turtles cartoon, all of the characters are basically Michelangelo. And they didn't do that in the first one. And the first movie is dark and it's got themes of, you know, abuse and abandonment. And most crucially, there's just the turtles. There was no bebop. There was no rock steady. The shredders in it, but not for, you know, but the shredder is scary. Right. So as you know, when you're a kid, you bug the shit out of your parent to see that you go see it and you're like, Oh my God, this is awful. Uh, It was the only Ninja Turtles movie out. So everybody went and saw it. And then everybody went, Fuck, I'm not going to take my kid to that again. It scared the shit out of him. Yeah, it was or a different her. time, though. It was a different time. That was, that was the tail end of what, effectively what was the cinematic 80s. You took kids to R-rated movies back then. That was That's nothing true. I did see Total Recall in the, in the theater. Yeah, th- that movie made $200 million because tons of people went to go see it. And it gave, in my opinion, it gave the Turtles fans what they wanted to see. You saw a great representation of the, of the four main characters, on the big screen. Oh, sure. Jim Henson's character design and the puppets held up. It was great. The Shredder was scary, as he should be, and it worked. It worked. And then the second movie, although it didn't make as much money, I felt like it built on that. You got the Shredder coming back. You got the Super Shredder. But you also got you know the knockoff Bebop and Rocksteady, and it was a little weird, and it worked. Again, that was an entertaining movie as a kid. Like To me, that was following the natural progression of... Like turtles, the turtles' property. This third one just kind of went. It just drew. It just drove the plane into the goddamn mountain. Just yeah. Again, give me Baxter Stockman. Give me Krang. Give me something to build off that second movie. This one just went out in the left field and died. So, uh, Turtles One is the most comic accurate of the Turtles movies. It was a darker comic book. 
and I think that's why it, it holds up the best by far, clearly, not counting this one because this one is yeah, like watching a puppy die. Uh, Turtles 2 was, was a nice balance of, hey, there's a lot of kids who watch the cartoon. We've got to lighten things up. And then yeah. this movie was a complete, like, there's there's almost nothing redeemable about it. It's overly jokey. It's not a real movie in any sense. It has very little narrative. There's no character development. Uh, it actually has like a sitcom opening sequence where they're doing like s- sort of karate stuff with their weapons and they're like jumping and they're dancing. And it's like, it's just utter ridiculousness. So, I mean, it, it won its opening weekend and it kind of nosedived after, but it can't entirely be blamed on just how bad this movie was. The Turtles property in general, like, it boomed when that first movie came out. That was the boom. Yeah. Like, this was the moment. I mean, the comic began in 1984, cartoon 1987. So you, you were hitting it at its most popular point. And yeah. after uh, the first, the second movie, it really was on the, starting to hit the downslide. Like, yeah. We'll talk about things that happened, you know. But there was a TV show. Uh, the cartoon ran for like 10 years. It just oversold itself. Like it, it over-marketed itself. It over-commercialized what the Turtles yeah. was. I mean, how many Ninja Turtles video games have there been? It's insane. You know, the, the funny thing about that is there's been a lot of good Turtles games, like Turtles in Time. And most of the arcade games have been really good. And, and they're really enjoyable. But man, I can tell you what, that first uh, Nintendo, the first oh, NES god game, dang. That that, was so that hard. water level, oh my god, so frustrating. But man, I tell you what, it was Turtles, so you played the shit out of that. Oh yeah, It didn't matter, true. it was damn near impossible. You played the shit out of that. That game sold uh, 4 million copies. God, it was four awful. 4 million it copies. It was bad, just it was difficult. It was just too difficult for kids. It was like Metal Gear like. It's the complete antithesis of the Turtles arcade game, which is, on Nintendo, it's very friendly to the user. It's not yeah, the arcade where you stuff in quarters. Mash. Yeah, it's a, it's a beat-em-up game, yeah. But, I mean, so, uh, Mr. Wizard, uh, maybe we should take a moment here, because I bet there's a lot of people that don't know the Frank Miller Daredevil connection oh. to the Turtles origin. I mean, because that's something I only became aware of as an adult in my 20s. I, I really didn't know where they they came from. As you mentioned, the comic book started in the late 80s. Uh, they were taken... Uh, originally, I, now the creator's name's Kevin Laird. Eastman Laird. Eastman yeah. Laird. They yeah, took Laird. inspiration from Daredevil. Uh, that's why the foot versus the hand. The shredder. Stick. A stick versus splinter. Versus splinter. So they had... A, some subtle nods to Daredevil for sure. Even their owner, the kid, yeah, is supposed to have actually been Matt Murdock, and that's right before he gets blinded. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, the whole the whole he he gets blinded, and there's a chemical spill. The chemical that imbues Matt Murdock with his powers spills into the sewer with the turtles, and that is the same mutagenic ooze that that gives them their powers. They, they, they are born the same day that Daredevil is. So there's an off chance we could see the Ninja Turtles in the MCU. No 
They are they're technically canon. I think that'd be difficult because you know they were just an injustice too. The fighting game, the DC fighting game. Oh, I don't know. I don't know who actually owns the license. No, I don't either. But maybe they're just rogue, and they can really. And they were, of course, in the DC animated movie Batman and the Ninja Turtles and the comic and <laughs> whatever else. So, which is but seriously, they made their bed with WB yeah, then. Which is entertaining yeah. if you, uh, if you like the turtles and you like Batman, that's a that's an animated movie worth watching. I, I guess the point I was trying to make is these they were originally created as kind of a satire, poking fun at the grim dark. Frank Miller, yeah. uh, uh, Daredevil universe, and that's why they it's ended up in a kids' cartoon. It's the '80s. It's grim, and it's New York, and there are ninjas, and it's marketed to kids. I have a couple <laughs> more questions before we uh, we actually covered most of the interesting facts, but I do have a couple more. But uh, worst joke of the movie? What do you think, Captain Cash? Worst All joke. Of them. Because there's a lot of bad jokes in this movie. I singled out one. And uh, we mentioned how they sort of just capitalize on pop culture references. Like the I'll be back where it's not even the same voice actor saying the line. And it's absurd. But when they do the schwing, I was like, I might need to turn this off for 20 minutes and go (laughs) do something else. And as I mentioned, the fat shaming of the prison guard couple jokes is one thing. When they jump down the drain the second time and he goes, I think one of his chins landed on me. I was like, this is too much, guys. And that's racist. Yeah, I was like, what is happening right <laughs> oh, now? Chin's a Chinese name, not Japanese. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking Weird Al, more chins than Chinese phone book from Beat yeah. It. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, no. So, yeah. so that's what you're going, uh, Mr. Wizard. You're going with the swing, Joe. Swing. I was furious. So, so first <laughs> off, obviously a Wayne's World. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. Oof. And and that it comes from a gratuitous scene where you have April O'Neil tearing off her peasant's clothing, exposing her legs. Yep. And you get two of the turtles leering at her, and she's like, "What, guys? Uh." Uh-huh. And they're like, "Oh, oh yeah, okay, whatever." Swing. Yeah, it was bad. That's I mean, they're list. teenagers. There's list. a lot of hormones they have going on. It's uh... by this oh, point, are they still God. teenagers? Well, so, eighty nine. Let's assume they're fifteen. They could be nineteen. Also, so, time travel, so it doesn't actually matter. Time is relative. Yeah, who knows? Um, I really didn't like the wet willy joke. Also terrible. Not only was it lame. But it had a really bad effect where they just had two random turtle arms come in and deliver <laughs> the wet willy from, from impossible angles that didn't line up with the shot. It was very cartoony and stupid. It was like way too slapsticky. It just like just jumped the shark. I'm like, okay, I, much like you said, uh, Mr. Wizard, I had to walk away after that. But here, I'll, I'll give a quick lit. Uh, no, Captain Cash, your, your worst joke. No, I can't. I, it, yeah. It's got to be swing. I was angry at... Uh... Like, I'll we? be back. Yeah, so I've got a list of the bad pop culture jokes here. Wet Willie. Um, we have I'll be back. This list. I mean, this show was only an hour and a half. Yeah, hold on. Um, uh, the one where it's like, uh, you know, uh, uh, I've fallen and I can't get up. I'm a turtle. Yeah. Uh, uh, off his back. Yep. And that was that was Corey Feldman. That was Corey Feldman. Schwing got that one there. It's Hammer Time. Uh, and then also at the end after the cannon shot that Leonardo ducks, 
the Japanese bad guy comes out of the whatever he was in with his hair kind of fried, and they call him Don King. And I'm like, that's uh, that's a bad joke. Is that is that racist? I don't, I can't, I don't know if it's racist. It's more of a hair joke. Thank you for reminding me that Don King got referenced in this movie. Yeah, he gets name dropped. Yeah, we get a Don King joke. The human gutter Don King <laughs> name dropped in Ninja Turtles 3. The killed early guy. 90s were a hell of a drug. Don King killed a guy. Now, uh, that. <laughs> there, I mean, there's more, ladies and gentlemen. There's way more bad jokes in this movie. Uh, I just can't recall them all offhand because I tried to scrub them from my memory as quickly as possible. Now, last question before I talk about these couple of weird facts I found. Is this the worst comic book inspired film to get released in theaters? Because it's in my top three, I think. Now, I want you to know, I hated Batman versus Superman. But Batman versus Superman is still much, much, much better than this. Uh, I hated Hellboy. And this, uh, sorry, I hated the new Hellboy, original Hellboy with Perlman's great. I hated new Hellboy a lot. That movie is still better than this. Does the spirit count? Spirit, oh, of course spirit counts. Yeah. Okay, then maybe this is on par with the spirit, but at least the spirit had some style. To me, this is very Howard the Duckian. Except now you can like bad fun. Yeah, you can look back and have fun watching Howard the Duck. Yeah. There's no fun to be had here. There is no joy in feudal Japan for the hour and thirty-eight minutes or however long this movie was. You know, the only thing I can think of theater-wise, I mean, would you put this up there with the Ghost Rider movies? Oh, this is worse. I was thinking. I'd rather watch Ghost Rider. If the not for nothing, at least have Nick Cage. It's got the Nick Cage faces. Yeah, um, and Nick Cage fake abs. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really not that watchable. Like, like Green Lantern comes to mind too, right? Because Green that was kind of a train wreck. The human testicle yeah. head, yeah, not great. But, human testicle head. <laughs> what was um? But but, but yeah, but this the is Fantastic Four movie. movie. The oh, most recent Fantastic Four. That the, was the, terrible. The Trask one. Yeah, that might be that might be on par with this. If well, you, you know what? I will say that that movie's that movie has the problem, Captain Cash, of doing so little with such a great property. That's that's probably why I might actually give that, even though it's a better movie, I might judge it more harshly because it utterly fails to do justice to the source material. Whereas this is already kind of a fringe property, and yeah, it's kind of goofy to begin with. Yeah, it, it, it was a dud. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, it's it's really tough to watch. Like I, I remember watching as a kid and getting through it and just being like, oh, that wasn't good. You know, yeah. whatever. But watching it now, I was like, God, this is terrible. Like who who who, who, who was watching the dailies? Who was watching the dailies and said, Yeah, yeah, that's it. This is the stuff. Oh no, Let's yeah, more '90s jokes. This was a storyline in uh, the comics. Let me tell you, what did these writers go on to do? Well, I, apparently, I mean, I mean Laird has a credit on it. The director no, has no, a credit I mean, on it. I mean, but yeah, but he obviously didn't. No, I mean, he probably got the credit because it was his inspiration. Uh, so a couple interesting facts. And then we'll go straight to the quiz 
It's a turtles theme quiz, not a quiz about this movie. Uh, okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do Thank that God. to you guys. So I can only suffer so much for this pod. I meant to look this up too, but as in both of the previous films, the British PG version was censored due to the usage of forbidden weapons. What do you think the forbidden weapon was? I know this. I do too. Nunchucks. Yeah. Nunchaka. So, Which of all the things? Uh, why? Like, what? So what is going on here? Why is it the nunchucks? I, well, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but I'm trying to figure out, like, if in the mid to late '80s there was like a string of nunchuck-related deaths or something that they were like, you know what? We got to stop them two sticks tied together with like some kind of rope. The Brits have really bizarre censorship rules, and this falls under that category. Like, shit, I. I made nunchucks in my backyard with a dowel rod, some string, and two screws. You delinquent. I, I, right? Apparently, I'd be in a lot of trouble if I lived in Britain, thank God. Uh, yeah. So I found this to be particularly interesting. This film was going to be followed by a fourth installment in the franchise, TMNT, The Next Mutation. We don't talk about The Next Mutation. So this is before the TV show eventually became that. But in this concept, the ooze that transformed the turtles and Splinter was still in their bodies, causing a much more chaotic second mutation. I guess that's turtle puberty. Uh, and another plan that hey, was discussed the was they would add a fifth turtle named Kirby in honor of Jack Kirby. Battling Jack. Yeah. What's wrong with him? Here's a super creepy one. Animatronic heads of Michelangelo and Leonardo from this movie are now in the hands of an obsessed Turtles fan named Michelle Ivy. She bought each of them for $3,800. I feel like she overpaid by about $3,800. I mean... $3,799. If you're going to get your hands on an animatronic head of the Turtles, this is not the film to get it from. It might just start talking in the middle of the night. (laughs) And threaten to murder you and your children, and then murder you and your children. I wonder if she lovingly brushes their teeth before bed. (laughs) All right, boys. I mean, how many toothbrushes would she go through brushing (laughs) the teeth in these heads? My goodness, so many terrifying teeth. I I think you mentioned this earlier, uh, Captain Cash, about uh, Michelangelo's obsession with the female interest in the movie. Oh, I'd like yeah. to point out, she shows zero interest in him throughout the film. None. There's, Which makes there's, a lot of sense, doesn't it? There's no reciprocation of his lust for her at all. And he's like, I'm just going to stay with her. And she's like, no, really, it's okay. No, like, <laughs> You can go. <laughs> no, we're good. You need to go. It's like, he has clearly, like, he has no, like, you know, idea of uh, consent or you know anything. He's like, no, no, we're... I'm with her now. We're a thing. To be She's fair, like, he was raised by a rat and lives in the sewer, and the only woman he's had any exposure to is April. So it makes sense that he would be awkward. Well, and at this point, I guess April's an enabler. She didn't really scold him for ogling her either. Early in the film. Ogling? Oogling? I think it's ogling, technically, but whatever. Oogling? Listen, this is not a grammar podcast. It's fine. I think my podcast, either way. I will just add. Showing. Oh God, that makes me angry. Uh, and it was gratuitous, and that was a gratuitous, like, partial PG nudity scene to get some legs in there. <laughs> you got the, 
you got you busted the gams out. Like, hey, fellas, check him out. Hey, all the dads in the audience, you're welcome. Yeah. Wait, really? No, I, I think. Mm. One of the highlights of this and the second movie, and I made this creepy comment earlier, she is the better looking of the two April O'Neils. I will say that. I stand by she's the worst act. Worse, worse of the actresses to play April. Also true. Uh, Megan Fox is one of the actresses, though. So I mean, ooh, uh, yeah. Well, in this yeah. continuity, uh, Megan Fox's thumbs are the worst actor to play April. <laughs> Wait, does she does she have the weird toe thumbs like Ryan yeah. Tannehill? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I think that's a genetic condition. Toe thumb, folks. Google it. Toe thumb. Ryan Tannehill. Weird. I'm gonna Google that now. That's All not right. the uh, last fact. This is the last fact. Then we're gonna take a quick break before our big trivia challenge. Producers invited Corey Feldman to reprise his role from the first film. The filmmakers told Corey that they'd felt bad about him not being invited back for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. So when he gets the request, he asks for a raise. They said, uh, Corey, you were in rehab. They didn't give him the raise. <laughs> oh. oh. Now that could be Corey hearsay. Corey Feldman's been through enough. I love Corey Feldman, but I mean, the, I mean, he only got paid 1500 bucks to do this. What? I don't think voice acting was what it is today, like where they're paying Mike Myers $20 million to pretend he's Scottish. So Hold on. I, I need to hear that again. What was Corey Feldman paid for this? 1500 bucks. That's so sad. Not, not 15000 15, No. 1500 Even yeah. in 1993 dollars. Corey great. Feldman. Yeah. Wow. Hey, Corey That's Feldman, criminal. you want to like, you know... Yeah, yes. Uh, you pay Mouth 1500 bucks. He was the best... I mean, he's pretty much the best part of the first one. He's the biggest name in the credits on this movie. Mm, yeah. I think you're forgetting the... No, yeah, by far. <laughs> yeah, nope. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I agree. He's just doing the voice acting, and there's not a lot of dialogue in this movie, but... Jesus, fifteen hundred. Yeah, that's that's maybe, criminal. That's criminal. Hey, maybe new the line deal cinema. Was he was I'm, just I'm like, looking at you guys. You guys are deadbeats. Maybe he got free and pizza. You knew what you were doing. Wow. I mean, maybe they just like handed him the script, and he was in the booth for like two hours on a random Wednesday, so it's fine. Yeah. No, man. But, I, I don't know. but just imagine. No, that's not even what commercial jingles pay yeah, nowadays. That's the ridiculous. the money people are making to. I can only imagine how much Tim Allen makes to be Buzz Lightyear. Oh, yeah. For an e- equal amount of screen time. Yeah. And he's doing that in sweatpants. Yeah. He's doing <laughs> that really... while he's recording his Visit Michigan commercials. And, and, don't, and don't forget he's a felon for slinging yeah. coke in Kalamazoo. Uh, in sweatpants and not <laughs> not being Buzz in Lightyear, prison Buzz because he's Lightyear, ratting yeah, people he's buzzing, out. He's okay, so while you guys think about Tim Allen and his sweatpants, which uh, literally you can uh, see if you ever watched Last Man Standing, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it is our big time Turtles trivia challenge. We'll be right back. All right, so welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by RevengeTheFans.com. We are discussing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, not Turtles in Time, because they didn't brand the movie properly. And this is our second segment, the awesome, righteous, bossa nova, Chevy Nova Turtles Trivia Challenge. This is not about this movie, because I don't like this movie enough, but I do like the Turtles. 
So we have several questions and bonus questions. So be ready, guys. Hoorah! Yep. Here we go. Number one. In 1990, the Ninja Turtles appeared on this daytime talk show to promote their upcoming live tour. And, apparently, their love of reading. Was it A, Oprah, B, Ricky Lake, C, Sally Jesse Raphael, D, Montel Williams, or E, none of the above? Okay, so here's my thought. My gut reaction was Oprah. You mentioning reading specifically makes me want to say reading rainbow, which would make it none of the above. Uh, but also the branding inherent in Sally Jesse Raphael seems like it was the smart move. So I'm going to give it to Sally Jesse Raphael because why would you not? Do I get extra points if I can tell you what the name of the tour was? That's actually our bonus question coming up. Okay. So hold nice. on. I'll hang on to it. Wait, but, but wouldn't Ricky Lake be more interested in the pizza? Oh, oh, jeez. Oh, no, First we fat shame the guard. Now we fat shame Ricky Lake. Have you? From 20 years ago. Yeah. This movie corrupted me. I, 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 I can't help myself. No, I'm going to go with uh, Sally Jesse Raphael as well, just for the glasses. Not, e- not even for the Raphael connection, the glasses. Look under your seats, gentlemen. You're both wrong. Son of a bitch! It's Oprah, and I have a Damn. link that I will post to our Twitter at Hops and Bo Flops of the entire interview. <laughs> no, she was the queen of daytime. I should have known. Yeah. So the bonus question: This is for two points because it's a uh, not okay. multiple choice or anything like that. What was the name of the tour? I got this: the Coming Out of Our Shells tour via Pizza Hut. Yep. I had I had the cassette. <laughs> that is the greatest thing that has happened so far. I can't, I cannot remember a single song other than the one that Leonardo sang, which was Skipping Stones. And that's really oh, all oh, I've got. Folks, this is magic happening before your very ears. <laughs> this was not scripted. No, folks, this is organic. Just I, out there, there in the live podcast. There has got to be. Ears. Do you still have the cassette? Oh, I don't. I bet not. I would. Lo- uh, you got to be able to. Uh, turtles. I'm, I'm hitting the Googles. Look it up. I was. So I think we should buy the cassette. So you've got talking about reading to... Rainbow here. Do you guys remember the Book It? Remember the Book It program? Mm-hmm. Yes, vaguely. Pizza Hut and the little little uh, stickers and the badges and the personal pan pieces. That was good stuff. You can find the full hour and thirty four minutes Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of their shelves tour. On YouTube. Oh yeah, no, I have a link to that as well. That will be posted to at Hops and Bo Flops. Wow. I'm not sure if that wow. would be better or worse than this movie because I never actually got to see the tour. I mean, the the thing that blows my mind about the coming, the reason they called it the coming out of their shells tour, is because none of them have shells, which well, is it's a difficult weird. to travel. With the, <laughs> the shells. Yes. I don't know. Either way. Wait, what do you mean they don't have shells? I mean, they don't have shells on their back. So when you watch this interview with Oprah, and you should watch this interview, they look like a knockoff new kids on the block dressed as turtles. Oh, boy. Like if Donnie Wahlberg was one of the turtles, it would not shock me. 
wait, so it's not it's not the animatronic suits. It's no, it's, no, no. It is. It's sort. It's an even cheaper version of the animatronic suits. Than what was in even the third more movie. teeth. Yeah. yeah, with even more teeth. Even more teeth. A dose of Wahlburger. Lots of liver spots, inexplicably. The biggest problem I had too with the uh, the suits in the third movie is they were slim in the shoulders. They looked they looked very small. Yeah, like I feel I, like they sacrificed some of the bulk for the mobility. It was and, and it showed. They look they look skinny. I agree, but the liver spots and the bright green skin was what was most troubling to me. Why? It's worse than Oprah's. What you're telling me? Yeah, no, it's worse. Like. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen the Oprah. I should Google that right now. Yep. It's interesting to say the least. Uh, uh, more important question: Were you a fan of the vil- <clears throat> the Vanilla Ice single from the second movie? Well, yes, because I'm a red-blooded American. Who wouldn't be? Go ninja! Go ninja! Go ninja! Go! Oh God! I, I wish I, this I, was a I video. I drew the line right there. I, like, I had no part of that. Uh, here's I'm a communist apparently because I had no part of that. Here's the thing that is most glaring, aside from the hour and thirty eight minutes that happened before it. All right, first movie, T U R T L E Power, great, branded song, which was a huge thing to do in the '90s and the '80s, where you just wrote a song for the movie, and then Venom, which felt like a '90s movie, brought it back, but Ninja Rap branded oh for the movie. This movie ha- has nothing. It has nothing at the end. It's like it, they should have just had the incredible uh, Hulk music from the TV show because it's that sad of a journey to get to the, the end of this. The movie. sad walking away music. Yeah, sad walking away music. Uh, one of one of the things that sort of annoys me. I do not believe that T U R T L E Power is on that vinyl that I have, which is a bummer. But number two. Captain Cash is up 2-0, to zero, by the way. I'll update scores. This pro wrestler and part-time actor played the Super Shredder in The Secret of the Ooze. Oh, I think I got this one. Was it A, Hulk, Thunder, and Paradise Hogan? B, Scott, Razor, Ramon, Hall? C, Jesse, the Body, Ventura? Or B, Big Sexy, Kevin Nash? It is uh, Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash. Yep. If you've been paying attention to the pod, I have mentioned that before. That is Kevin Nash. Long live Big Sexy. I met him in, a pit, in the Pittsburgh airport. He was not in a good mood, so I didn't get a picture with him. How tall is he, Mr. Wizard? He's a legitimately gigantic man. I took a picture with Scott Hall. Thick, thick, thick seven? Yeah. No, no, he's close to seven feet tall. Okay, he's seven foot. He's legit that big? Yeah, Scott Hall's about six, seven. And he was, he was legitimately huge, too, and... He said, oh, Kevin's over there. I said, oh, can I get a, do you think I can get a picture with him too? Which I never do, but I'm such a wrestling mark. He goes, I don't know. The rental company really is really jerking him around, and he's fucking pissed. You should have offered him a lift. Yeah. So I walk over there. I see him. He's like yelling at somebody. I go, nope. <laughs> Just turn around. Nope. You could have robbed Kevin Nash to my wedding. Shame on you. Yeah, That was your wedding weekend, wasn't it? That's how long. Jeez Louise. For, for your wedding, I brought you the Super Shredder. I brought you. Here's your present, the Super Shredder. He promises <laughs> to, fair, to uh, destroy the uh, altar. <laughs> what, what, what was his to name? To be fair, this was Mike? not on the registry, but I, I will accept this. What was his name in Magic Mike? Oh, he's uh, Tarzan, right? Yeah, there you go. 
Yeah. Tarzan. Who brought Tarzan to your wedding there, Captain Cash? Let's get let's get more topical and, and current. Okay. <laughs> so three to one or still two to zero. Number three. This or these now famous television producers or producers wrote the theme song for Ninja Turtles. Was it A, Vince Gilligan, who did the X-Files and Breaking Bad, B, Seth MacFarlane, Family Guy, American Dad, C, Chuck Lorre, Two and a Half Men, Big Bang Theory, D, Dan Harmon, Community, Rick and Morty, or E, Joss Whedon, Buffy, Firefly? Harmon. Lorre. It is Chuck Lorre. <laughs> and I uh, have a link to a video of him discussing uh, why he wanted to do this. And uh, I got to say, uh, he seemed like a pretty interesting guy. So I will post that to the Twitter as well, at Hops and B.O. Flops. Man, I think you did some research, Captain Cash. Thank you. I don't just watch the show. I try to come with, you know. We got another bonus coming up, which could really turn the tide. Chumpsilla. Number four. What was the name of the only female member of the Ninja Turtles who appeared in the ill-fated Next Mutation TV series? I can do this without multiple choice. I need shuffles here to help okay. me. Was it A, Venus DeMilo, B, Mona Lisa, C, Joan of Arc, D, Feed Galizia, or simply Feed, or E, You're a Liar, There Is No Female Turtle? <laughs> Mona Lisa. I can do this, and I know what the right answer is, but the actual right answer is D, There Was Never a Female Ninja Turtle. We don't talk about the last mutation. Yeah. Oh, and I'm going to post a video of this, too, because it is... Just haunting. <laughs> that and show the is... The decisions they made with Venus DeMio were the worst. Yeah. The, like, can you imagine every worst decision you could make for a female character they did for her? Does she get a weapon? No. The one thing that all the Ninja Turtles get, she doesn't get. Does she get martial arts? No. She gets meditation. And I'm like... Oh my goodness. See, I never watched the show, but yeah, that's horrific. Her her yeah. bandana, her bandana is pleated or braided down the back, yeah. so it looks more like hair. She's got weird turtle boobs. She has turtle boobs for sure. That's a thing. So, I'd like to point out. I think that was probably Paramount and our our friend in college, Shuffles' sexual awakening. <laughs> I, think, I think that was an important moment for him. Because he he had he had a combo you know TV VHS unit in his room and he would tape two things he would tape the turtles and he would tape SpongeBob yep. and I, I think that was really important to him I think that was a big moment in his you know uh, you know sexual development God we are old uh, wait is the bonus question about the new girl Ninja Turtle No so. One thing before I get to the bonus question, the clip I'll post to Twitter. There is a new girl Ninja Turtle for the record. The, the shredder comics. is literally just some guy wearing like a skin tight shirt and a helmet. <laughs> like that's the extent of the shredder on this TV show. And so for the bonus, two points, who produced that god awful show? Wasn't it Saban? It was. I am Saban. Saban. Yeah, and if you've ever Thanks, watched Power Rangers, Power Rangers. you'll yeah, Power Rangers. you'll immediately yeah. make the connection because that show looks like a cheap mockery. It does, like it, and the haunting boob turtle is 
frightening. I appreciate they were attempting to bring live action to television. Yet, you know what? Sometimes you take a shot and it just doesn't land. Yeah, and as I alluded to earlier in the pod, like Turtles had pretty much jumped the shark by this point. Like, the the ship had sailed. This is coming from a guy who had, I don't know, I still got about eighty five of them sitting in my mom's basement. Ninja Turtle action figures. I loved the turtles, but it it had clearly gone well past its sell date. And this movie is a big indicator of that because this movie, even as a True. kid, it was a it was a train wreck. True. And I, I, it only came out a year after the second one, or two years after the second one, which I saw I don't know seven times in theaters or something stupid. Oh, I don't know. And that one's good not even Lord. that good. The first one I love. The second one I'll tolerate because I have nostalgia for it, but it's not a good movie. The second one was not good, but it was very interesting. From a kid's perspective, there's a lot going on there, and it really pulled you in. Yeah, the second one could benefit greatly from having Feldman as Donatello. Because replacement Donatello, you, sir, are no good. I don't like you. I'm sorry you weren't. You just could not match Feldman. Mr. Hashtag Wizard. not my Donatello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Wizard, get hold on. Let, let's be honest here. Let's have a reality check. At the time, in 1992, 1, 91, did you mm-hmm. notice that it wasn't Corey Feldman? I did notice the voice was different. Now, that's not to say I necessarily knew that was Corey Feldman when I was a kid. Uh, okay. Because I probably Fair didn't. Enough. But Fair I enough. knew the voice was different because... He sounded just so... He actually became just a second Michelangelo in the second movie. They were all Michelangelo in the second movie. They're very buddy-buddy in the first movie. Uh, they're almost the same character. So. I'm just saying, I, I didn't notice the difference. Now, as an adult, I can tell. Yeah. Number five. In the beginning, all the turtles wore the same color bandana. What color was it? Was it red. A? Red. Yeah. Yeah. It is we red. We don't need multiple choice. Uh, I can post the picture of the old, old. ball-busting video game, which they're all wearing the red bandana. Uh, God damn it. Which also could have just been a mistake because the game was made by a Japanese company. That and that's the water, old that box art level. does not match. Water level. Water yeah. level. That fucking water level. God damn it. Because in the game itself, they had the, the purple-blue... Orange and red bandanas, yeah, but, but on, on the, the front covers, yeah. yeah, on the front covers. The eighties were red. a weird time for box art. Oh, there's some really terrific box art. What's the game with Fabio from the NES era? I'll have to look it up. Oh, it's one of the, it's one of the, it's one of the sword and sorcery games. Yeah, yeah. and it's Fabio. Well, and, and Metal just... Gear is Michael Bean, right? Yeah, Metal Gear so. is Michael Bean from yeah. uh, from Terminator, and then and Contra is straight up uh, Arnold. From Predator and uh, a Stallone. Stallone, yeah. yeah. Contra is still one of the great games ever made. Have you seen the Mega Man box art? Oh, where he's got... I mean, he's got a gun. He, he doesn't, doesn't even have... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like someone described to them what the game was about broadly in the vaguest terms. They're like, oh, fuck no, here you go. They're like, yeah. Yeah, 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 good enough. We'll talk about that more in depth at some point but there's some really tremendous like 80s nintendo box art just tremendous 
backpack. It's collector's items, man. Choices were made. So the last two we've actually already covered. So Daredevil, of course, was the inspiration. And this cartoon ran for 10 seasons. I probably watched five to six tops. Because I think by the time the third movie rolled around, I was out of... Uh, I was out of the turtles. It was the ship had sailed. They came back around with a reboot in two, like two thousand two or three, which I I seem to remember relatively fondly. They did a re they did a rebooted TV show, which a lot of people like. I never watched. Uh, I do like the animated movie. I know it's not particularly well reviewed, but I liked it, and I actually like the two movies with Megan Fox. I think for what they were, they're fine. I don't. They're not high art, but they're entertaining enough. I still haven't seen them. It's the turtle face freaked me out. I'm like, mm. they're very weird. That design is strange, to say the least. The cartoon, the animated one though, holds up really well. As far as I'm concerned, the best turtle properties in popular media are definitely the multiplayer beat 'em up video games. Oh, for sure. This is true. I, those were great. I mean, no offense to the comics and the movies, but as far as I'm concerned, aside from the toys, which were cool and I enjoyed them as a kid too, those video games are great. Turtles in Time rocked. Turtles in Time is so good. The little chomper guys. What were those things? Rat catchers. Mouses. Yeah. Uh, I, I have fond memories of beating those things up and beating up the foot soldiers and. Yeah, good times. And I, yeah, again, I've said this from the beginning of the pod, man. Give me Krang. Give me, you know, the Technodrome. Give me Baxter Stockman. That's what I wanted to see on the screen. I'm still you bummed get out. You Krang in the second Ninja Turtle movie, don't you? Yeah, the second uh, 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 Bay-produced Turtle movie Bay has, has oh, Krang. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't see that one. I didn't but see that one. he's actually the worst part of the second one because at that point it becomes uh, too much. Like If they just held it to Bebop, Rocksteady, Shredder back for revenge, it really yeah. the movie really worked. And then it's like the second ending on top of the ending. And you got uh, yeah. So it was just like I didn't too much. See that one, so don't don't kill me. And just like you know, it's almost history repeating itself. Like the second Bay produced Turtles movie did markedly worse than the first Bay produced Turtles movie. Yeah. It's really difficult, I think, to capture when you're shooting for a certain age group. Inevitably, kids age out, and the kids that age in didn't watch that. They're into something yeah. else. So they're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to go see the sequel to something I never saw. It That's just kind of the, the catch-22 of it, I suppose. But yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, comics don't have that problem because comics appeal to ages across the spectrum. Whereas Turtles, it's really a sort of a constricted group of people. Yeah. And these are not at all like the comics. I'm, I'm sure there's still people that read the comics to this day, and they love them. And apparently, the new comics are pretty good. I've heard. Yeah. And they just included a female turtle. Does she meditate and not have a weapon? <laughs> no, I think she's actually a ninja to begin with, and then she gets a blood transfusion from Donatello and turns into a turtle, huh. a la She Hulk. Okay, that makes sense. That's, that's weird, but good. But <clears throat> I think. One of the problems with a property like this is it's got a dual path. 
you've got the comic centric uh, property and then you've got the tv centric property because they have you know diverged right and let's be honest most of the nostalgia lies with the tv show that ran through the, the 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 early 90s yeah so back to my i'm gonna keep harping on it i'm like where's you know those characters that i want to see that's where the movies need to go because that's the audience because it ain't the kids there's no there's no kids dying to see a teenage mutant ninja turtles movie right now you know there's no like true millennials looking for that you're looking at folks a little bit older so you've got to deliver that kind of character you, you know, which again we missed out on that we didn't get that turtles 3 didn't give us that back in 93 and turtles 3 is a pandering mess in terms of this is going to be great for children but let's not include any you know like as i said it is a story in the comic they go back in time but like yeah. this isn't batman the long halloween nobody's like oh i really hope they adapt the one where they go back to japan and the biggest miss on this is they don't actually fight any ninjas. Like, no, I, I get no they ninjas. fight the Foot Clan and stuff, but wouldn't a big part of them going back to feudal Japan being to see where the martial arts that they practice come from and maybe squaring off against the the OG ninjas? The Hiroko Saki of the 17th century? Yeah, that, but no, 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 that's not a factor here. Yeah. Well, Captain Cash makes a good point, though, because there, there was a lot of concern about the violence in these movies. Mm-hmm. So they considered the first one to be too violent. So I think, as we both of you guys mentioned, uh, the second movie was much less violent, much less weapons involved. They tried to dial that back. In no small part, to Britain's problem with the Nunchako, you know, with the, with, with, <laughs> with the Nunchak. It's still okay. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but one of the characters literally carries two swords, and your problem is the character with two sticks to get tied together with string. They're pretty dangerous. Priorities. I mean, they're certainly you dangerous. Pin, you can pinch your finger in those. Yeah. You know. But there's also a host so, of guns in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, again, speaks to the strange sensibilities of the 80s slash early 90s. Uh, yeah, they had a hard time working that thing out. Before we get into basically our final segment, which is recommendations, and I have one more question, Turtles-related question. Like We're talking about sort of catering to certain audiences, and I don't know if I can think of an example where shamelessly toning something down to such an absurd degree for children has ever worked out. Like, ever. Batman Teen Titans like, go. Well, but that's like a whole series, right? Like it's a it's a separate yeah, I, thing. I actually really like that movie. Yeah, and it's not like they took a, a mature. It's not like they took the current Titan show, and then season two is Teen Titans Go. Yeah, I can't think of an example where you've taken something where it's like here it is, right? And the first movie's I love the first movie, and yeah, it was violent, just like Batman '89 is violent. Batman '89 is terrific. Batman Returns is good. I don't think it's as good as 89. But then they're like, well, we can't market this. So let's make Batman Forever, which is just a hot piece of shit. And then Batman and Robin is the warmed over hot piece of shit that we got the last time. It never works. 
I, I, if you can think of an example, please tell me where you've taken something that is well-reviewed, makes a lot of money, and you're like, well, it's too dark for kids. Thor Ragnarok. You can reboot Tone. It's possible. No, but that's still... It's still in line with Marvel. It's not, not like fair. they took Thor and they totally... It's like a totally different movie. The For that character, yes. The tone is very different. It's funnier, snappier. I get that. But it still feels like a Marvel Overall, movie. Overall, just a better movie, yeah. frankly. <laughs> it's, it's really difficult for me to think of a time that that's happened because every time they've done it... And this has happened in recent memory, right? Like Suicide Squad. Like, oh, BVS is too dark. I know you don't like it, but just for the sake of the point... Then they reshuffle the whole thing. Then we've tr- it's a it's a totally mismatched train wreck because you tried to take something that existed, rip away what it was, and hand it like spoon feed it to a more mass audience. That almost never works. I just don't understand it. I don't. I've got one example, and I know it's not apples to apples, but I think it's close. It's coming from a slightly further side of the spectrum, but you know, alien to aliens. To me, that I'm not saying it's the same thing, but I'm saying that is a blueprint from how to go to something that was R-rated and scary and not really kid-friendly, and they moved that franchise into an action movie that was 80s kid friendly <laughs> still r-rated but you know came out in 96 though but we're still you know what? 80s hangover whatever but you no, know no, no. Aliens, aliens came out in 79 86 okay yeah Early. yeah aliens came out in 79 or alien came out in 79 aliens in 86 okay yeah you went for something that was like you know r-rated back in the day still marketed the kids and then something that was kind of like different and more acceptable, and they they didn't dumb it down, but it was that was an action movie. You went from like a, a psychological thriller slash suspense, just a straight movie. horror movie, yeah, yeah. What well, was to something that was more straightforward action, like Us versus the Bugs. Yeah, no, I can't do that. It was claustrophobia and isolation and one enemy, stereotypical horror movie, right? You yeah. evading the the it the thing, to that's sort of the brilliance of aliens. Though, like it kept, it's still a dark movie, still are, but it said, "Hey, we can't do this again, because they already did it perfectly the first time. How do we use the xenomorph and make it interesting for a second time?" Now there's more of them, and one's really big. Alien three. Didn't had no idea what to do, and they just redid Alien, and it doesn't yeah. work. Of course, that movie. Uh, speaking of movies that are tinkered with, that movie was butchered to death. That's David Fincher's first movie, and he, I guess, sort of got the air treatment from Suicide Squad. But that's beyond the point. So, we'll take a quick break. We'll do very quick recommendations, and one last turtle-centric question. We'll be right back. All right, we are back on Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by RevengeOfTheFans.com. This is our ultimate segment. This is the end. First question, did you collect Ninja Turtles? I did. If so, because they were a hot commodity for a time, which turtle toy did you covet the most 
and were you able to obtain it? I can go first if necessary. I can remember it very distinctly. Almost like it's yesterday, he's still sitting in the bag of Turtles toys like all the rest. It was Ray Filet, which was like the manta ray. I had him. He was impossible to find. And I I can like play it back in my head how much I told my mom I had to have this toy. I had to have this toy. And we couldn't get him, couldn't get him. And then on the last present I opened, Christmas morning, Ray friggin' Filet. It was <laughs> nice. like... That was one of my good, like, all-time Christmas memories is this Ray Filet toy. And... Yeah, the the temperature-sensitive chest where yeah. you put him in warm water would change uh-huh. water. And, like, you just couldn't find him anywhere. You know, like, you go into the store, there's, like, 1,600 Baxter Stockmans, and you couldn't find this one guy. They, and the Turtles toys had all these absurd characters. Panda Con, they had the Triceratops guy, they had the guy that was half a trash can. Ray Filet. <laughs> that was my guy. <laughs> What about you guys? Uh, mine was Metalhead, the robot Ninja Turtle. Yes. And on yeah. the toy, the back of his head was translucent. Uh-huh. It looked like a brain, but if you shined light through it, it made his eyes light up. Still have that so one. get out like a little pen right. flashlight and put it on his brain. It looked like his eyes glowed. I thought that was really cool when I was a kid. He's sitting in the Ninja Turtle sack right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into your turtle sack the next time I'm over at your parents' house. Literally, it's a it's a branded Ninja Turtle sack. <laughs> I am already in there, so I'm lame because I had very few Ninja Turtles. But I again, I've been beating this drum this whole pod, man. I love Baxter Stockman. That's great. I enjoyed the Fly Guy for whatever reason. I thought that guy was awesome, and that toy I enjoyed the shit out of. Boy, have I got a movie for you. Yeah, first boss in the arcade game. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you like Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. seriously, there's a movie you need to see. Yeah, that, that was good times. Good times. <laughs> but so, wait, so, so let me ask you this, uh, Captain. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. I don't want to talk to Captain Cash. I want to talk to Mr. Wizard, man. So do you know the story? How did your mom come to find... Uh, that the the manta ray guy toy. So it was such an issue. She put the word out to like my friends' moms, like, "Hey, if you can find this, that would be great. Like, this is what he wants for Christmas. I can't find it anywhere." And one of my friends' mothers found it, and she paid her for it. Like they were like, for real. Know, yeah, and that's how we got them. <laughs> I figured there had to be a story because yeah. it was so hard. To so, find. like, she could not find him for the life of her. And I was kind of an asshole as a kid, so I'm sure I would have thrown, like, a fit if I didn't get this stupid manta ray <laughs> ninja turtle. So she had, like, I, I put the word out. I bought mine from a pharmacy. I, I, I feel you, bro. I feel you. I once got a green goblin action figure from a pharmacy. <laughs> Came with a pumpkin I, bomb. Once upon a time, pharmacies was a place you'd find rare. I know toys. the action oh, figure you're yeah. talking about, Mr. Wizard. I'm familiar. Yeah, he Toy had a biz. very small goblin glider that would probably not be able to hold him. And Toy the pumpkin bomb. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. I, I know exactly. I had the same thing, man. Dude, pharmacies—that's where you used to go get comics. You know, if you couldn't yeah. get to yeah. a comic shop. Yeah. So, uh, so recommendations. So we're old. Yeah. My recommendation is just to watch the 1990s first movie because it's awesome. Uh, bonus points for the young Sam Rockwell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Handing out cigarettes. Number one. Master Tatsu, who is just fantastic. He's also in Ninja Turtles 2, but uh, didn't speak any English. All his lines are dubbed. Huh. And uh, he's actually, good trivia fact, Sega Genesis did not have Turtles in Time. They had a different, very similar version to the game, but in their game, you fought Master Tatsu. Huh. So watch Turtles 1. Things I did not know. I cannot recommend Turtles 1 enough. I think it holds up incredibly well for a 1990s comic book-inspired movie. And uh, I listen to that vinyl at least three, four times a week. I still love the soundtrack. And I replay the scenes in my head as I'm listening to the vinyl. T-U-R-T-L-E power. Uh, so my recommendation for this week is going to go to the Jim Henson studio uh, released. I think it was at the end of last month, about two weeks ago is uh, the dark crystal age of resistance, which yeah. if you never saw the original dark crystal, this is a movie that came out in 82 and it is completely, it's all puppets because it's done by the Jim Henson people and it is incredible. And the follow-up to that, which just came out on Netflix, like I said, about two weeks ago, is a prequel, and it's 10 hours long of all of this incredible practical effects. Now, I mean, they mixed in some CGI, too, but, like, if you want to see some real puppetry work, it's it's pretty impressive. Like, it's clearly love was put into this thing. I plan on watching that fairly soon. It's it's pretty good, and it's got a ton of famous people in it. It's got Taron Edgington, Mark Hamill, um, what's her name, Natalie Dormer, uh, the woman who played uh, Danny Targaryen's girlfriend who got her head cut off. Spoilers, I think it's Natalie Emmanuel or something. So yeah, check that out. It's it's a good show. Chumpzilla. One of my absolute favorite Aqua Teen Hunger Force episodes is Dumber Dolls. And the Georgian native adopted uh, one of the voice actors in that episode is David Cross from Roswell, Georgia. So, yeah, yeah. Aquaman Hair Force, Dumber Dolls. It's hilarious. Happy time, Harry. Go check it out. I enjoy it. It's funny. Good times. All right. So that uh, concludes our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 episode. So I will leave you with this Forgiveness is divine. And I can't forgive this movie. But never pay full price for late pizza.